to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. All right, we got a chart up here, and I, I just want to ask a couple questions because there's nobody that loves prophecy more than you guys do. So I want you to tell me, and I want you to raise your hand. Where in the Bible does it talk about this is the time of Jacob's troubles? Jacob's troubles. Now, look up here. You say, where? I got a pointer. It's official now. See right there? The seven years upon the earth. That's called the time of Jacob's trouble. So it must be recorded somewhere in the Old Testament. So somewhere in the Old Testament without using the computer. Where is it found in the Old Testament where this is talked about? The time of Jacob's trouble. That day is dark and filled with wrath and it's very bad. Okay, where is it found? What book? Jeremiah. Very good. Oh, we move it along. Anybody got an idea? Chapter 30? Yes, sir. Verse 7. Verse 7. No, that, that's because he's a college kid. See there? He, he, went, he goes to college. Now, see how you know something that the rest of them couldn't find? You know it. Plus, it was on a test just the other day. And it says, alas, in verse 7, that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Now, the Bible talks about those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. But those are the ones that are going to endure to the end. They will be the saved that goes into the millennium. So when you hear somebody say, yeah, those that endure to the end. Well, my friend, I hope that you're here <laughs> during that period of time. Not really. But um, that means that they didn't make it out of here. And they weren't saved. So if they were saved, they'd have been taken out in the rapture. But anyway, we have the, a teaching in the Old Testament. And it talks about, um, and he shall... Confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the oblation and the sacrifices to cease. But raise your hand. Where is that found? Where is that found? You see, we're talking about this period of time right here. And this is one week. In the midst of the week is when the Antichrist comes and sets up his kingdom upon the earth. Where are we right now? We are right here. We are right before the rapture. But where is it found in the Bible about the covenant? You often hear, and Hank talked about it, I know, about the peace treaty that's going to be made with Israel. Remember that? Everybody here, there's going to be a peace treaty. Look at where. Where is it found? 
Nobody knows. Where? No, you're not supposed to ask me the question. You're supposed to answer the question. Yes, back there. This is so easy, even a blind man can find it. He's blind as a bat, and he knows the scripture. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And it says it's going to be in the middle of the tribulation period. So we know it's called the time of Jacob's troubles. And in Daniel, it talks about it's going to be in the midst of the week. In the midst of the week, that means the temple has got to be set up. But somewhere in the Bible, it talks about the Antichrist is going to go into the temple and claim that he is God. He is God. Where does it say that he claims he is God? And everybody raised their hands all at once. Somebody talking about James, where is it found? Second Thessalonians chapter two. Read me a verse. Verse four. Read it out loud. All right, this takes place in the tribulation period, and this is when he comes down and does this. Now, there's a, another verse in the book of, uh, well, it's somewhere in the Bible. And this is what it says. When ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, then those that are being Judea flee into the mountains and so on. Where is that verse found? Stay out of this. Where is it found? Raise your hand. Remember, these are important things to remember because when you talk to people about prophecy, you're not going to talk to them too much about prophecy if you can't find it or back it up. So you need to know where some of these things are found. Honeywell? Matthew 24, verse... Verse 15. So when you turn, now how come you college kids didn't know that? All right, here we are. And so in the, that verse lets you know where it's found and what's before it. And this is why it says there in the book of Matthew. So take your Bible. I want you to see this. Look in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, and you'll look where verse 15 is. You know that verse 15 is the mist of the week, that seven-year tribulation appeared upon the earth. And so you know that when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand the that's when they're supposed to get out of there, the Jewish people, because the Antichrist has taken over. Now, if this is true... Then the verses before verse 15 must be talking about the time of sorrows, which would be the first three and a half years. So you look at the first three and a half years, and you'll find those things that are mentioned there. See in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So he's telling them at this period of time, 
there's going to be all these things take place. See up there in verse 6. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. The end is not yet. Nation against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Means race against race and <clears throat> ethnos against ethnos. Basilea, kingdom against kingdom. Nation against nation. And these things are going to take place. There's going to be famines and pestilence. Uh, famine means because there's going to be in a rain probably for the first three and a half years because the two witnesses are going to be have the power to keep it from raining for 42 months. So it's going to be very devastating that first three and a half years. And so they're going to be looking for a superman. And lo and behold, here comes the Antichrist, and he will set up his kingdom. So that means that this is before verse 15. It means these other things must be after verse 15. This is the great tribulation. It means this is the time when it's going to be the worst period of time the world has ever known. Where are the believers? Where are you and I during this terrible, terrible time upon the earth? Where are we going to be? We're going to be in heaven. But where does it say in the Bible, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. But if we believe that when he comes... We're going to hear a shout in the voice of the archangel, and we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're for comfort one another with these words. Where does it say that in the Bible? You need to know where this, because this is talking about the rapture. Where's the rapture on here? This is the rapture. When we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. It means that there will be a generation of people living that will never physically ever die. Isn't that awesome when you think about that? And he says that we will not die. Those people that are living when Christ comes back in the air for us. But where does it say this? Yes, Dara? All right. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 down to verse 18. Did your husband tell you where this is found? <laughs> I apologize. I should have never questioned your intellectual ability. You probably had to tell Gary where it was found. Anyway. <laughs> but that is correct. See, when you talk about the rapture, and you say, I believe in the rapture, everyone should know where the rapture is found in the Bible. Don't you agree? Don't you think you ought to know where it's found? I mean, something simple like that. You know, just it's the next biggest event in the whole world going to take place, and you don't know where it's found in the Bible. That is so important. It's like, it's like not knowing where John 3.16 is. I mean, how can you not know where John 3.16 is? Because John 3.16 tells you where it is. John 3.16. So you should know where John 3.16 is. Know what it means. And then also we should know what the, um, the rapture is and where God says he's going to come in the air and we're caught up. But where does it say in the Bible? I know it's in there somewhere. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. Hmm. Where does it say that at? Yes, Bob, I'll let you answer one. I knew he was going to get it wrong. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and 52. All right. There's a whole good portion of scripture there. But you need to know where that is because that's the verse that tells you, hey, i got to tell you something. 
He doesn't want us to be ignorant. I'm showing you something, telling you something. This is important to know. You are going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, so we know where it's talked about in the Bible. We know it's going to take place. Now, the other question is, in the book of Luke, turn to your book of Luke, chapter 21. Luke 21, and you'll notice that there's a, a portion of Scripture here. Now, what I want you to do, out of all these verses in this chapter, I want you to tell me, based upon what we've already said, which is the verse that will let you know this is probably in the middle of the tribulation period. Which one of these verses will tell us that this is probably the middle of the tribulation period? Anybody got a clue? Betty? Verse 20. Verse 20 is correct. It, those verses right there, verse 20 through 24, this is in the tribulation period. When you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's what you're talking about. And it says this is when it's going to take place. This is in the middle of the tribulation period. This is the same as you find over there in the book of Matthew in chapter 24. And it kind of breaks it down on both sides just the same way. So you always look for a pivoting point. Something that goes before, something that goes after. But you can find these little, uh, you know, these little bullet points that say, this is when this takes place. Okay, this is when this takes place. And then you can put the other things where they go. But you've got to find the, the major things. And those major things help you to explain some of the other things that sometimes you can. It's kind of like this. When you come across a, you know, a gristle. You ever sit down and eat some food and you get a gristle? Now you can choke on that gristle if you want. And never eat any more food. Just sit there and chew on that gristle. Or you can spit it out. Or you can take and put it down there and get a sharp knife from this verse. And a sharp knife from this verse. And you can go back and cut that gristle into smaller bits. And then you can, oh, I can chew it now. But some people, they get choked on a piece of meat, and so they don't read anymore. They don't study anymore. Well, I don't understand the Bible. Well, go ahead and keep reading and get all the milk you can. And after a while, you'll get some good old teeth back in there, and you go back and chew that thing to death. And you'll learn, and you'll grow. But um, here in the book of Luke... You'll notice there when he makes a statement in verse 20. When ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Same thing we read in the book of Daniel 9, 27, the book of Matthew 24, and verse 15. You're reading the same thing here. And then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. Same exact thing. In verse 22, these be the days of vengeance. Because, see, this is the tribulation period upon the earth. This is what we're talking about, this little seven-year period of time. And the Bible describes it as there's never been a time like it before. There'll never be a time like it afterwards. It's the worst period of time in all the world. Now, some people think we're going we're gonna to revolutionize the world and we're going to bring in this kingdom over here. See, there's a thousand-year reign upon the earth. You know, that's the last thing on this whole thing. But we're not going to bring it in. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse. America is, to me, the last stronghold of freedom. 
And when the freedom is lost in America, it's lost for the world. Unless Christ comes back. Who is the world, the government out there is going to set everybody free and keep some freedom? If it wasn't for America, uh, the world would already be engulfed in Islam. And that's not a joke. But anyway, you see all these other countries fighting these other nations that are, you know, uh, head chopper offers? Well, anyway. So now you look there in uh, verse 25. Now, because we believe this verse is talking about, in this portion of Scripture, tribulation period, now we're going to look at the verses that reply to this period of time. And you'll notice here in verse 25, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, means no solutions. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Does it look like we're looking for a utopia? Everything's going to get better and better and better? No. During the tribulation period, they will believe a lie because somebody's going to come on the scene and going to promise the world, and you won't believe this, but people are going to believe it. Somebody's going to come on the scene and lie, 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 lie. He is known as the liar. But people are going to believe the lie, and they're going to get worse and worse and worse. Now, you and I have never lived to see anything like that happen in our lifetime. Because we know all the people in Washington tell the truth. That's why they call it Washington, you know, because nobody ever told a lie except, you know, well, he told one little lie. He did cut down the cherry tree, he says. I think he was lying when he said that. He probably didn't. (laughs) But anyway. And so then he says in verse 27, then he says, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. All right, look up here. When he talks about power, great glory, you know, being revealed, he's talking about him coming right here. Christ coming. Every eye shall see him. Christ in glory. He's coming to the earth. And the Bible says in Zechariah 14, And his feet will stand upon the Mount of Olives, and it will cleave in the mist, and there will be a very great battle that will take place. This is when Christ comes back for the battle of Armageddon at the end of this seven-year period of tribulation upon the earth. So this is what he's talking about. So when he talks about he's coming back here, we know this is on this side of uh, the mist of the week. So whenever you find certain things and where they got to go, then you can put the other scriptures in the right place. Now, take your Bible, look there in Luke chapter 17. Luke in Luke 17. Luke chapter 17. When Jesus was here, he talked about, you know, this day coming, this time. And he says, as it was in the days of, the, of Noah, or the days of Lot, even so shall it be in the days when the Son of Man comes. So when he's talking to the Jewish people, he's talking about when he comes over here. When he comes here, this is going to be like... It was in Sodom and Gomorrah and before the flood. And you'll find out in Sodom and Gomorrah, was it, well, everybody was doing right. No, everybody was doing wrong. In the days of uh, Noah, everybody was doing right. Everybody was doing wrong. So when the Lord comes back here, it's pretty much the same way. 
Everybody does their own thing, goes their own direction. You talk about rebellion, rebellion, rebellion. And so it says here in Luke chapter 17, notice what it says in verse 25, but first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So Jesus Christ came and was rejected of the generation of the people that were living at the time when he came. So Christ back here came right on schedule, just like he promised, but he was rejected. So this kingdom that he came to set up was moved out into the future. So the king, he went back to heaven, became the head of the church. So he's up there in heaven. The Holy Spirit came down and indwells every believer. So when you trust Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells you. When the Holy Spirit is done, the Holy Spirit quickened our bodies, were taken out. And then it continues. All this was shoved out into the future. So God says, there's some things that are going to happen here that was similar before. So this is what he says. In chapter 17, in verse 26, And as it was, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Talking about himself. They did eat and they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Destroyed them all. In verse 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. And the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So we're talking not so much about those that are being saved as those that are being destroyed. Destroyed them all, destroyed them all, destroyed them all. In verse 30, thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. When he's revealed... See, when he comes for us in the rapture, he comes in the air, and we are changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Nobody sees it. Because it's a spiritual birth, we're out of here. We will disappear here, and we appear at the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we shall all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. That means we're going to disappear and appear. I think it's awesome. I can't wait. You know, just for the experience. I do want the Lord, I said this before, I want him to slow it down just a tad, because on the way up, I like to be able to say, I told y'all, I told you so, I told you. You didn't have to believe me, but I told you. But anyway, probably won't have time for that. We'll probably be moving on pretty quick. We've got a long way to go. I don't know, if you disappear and you appear, it could be pretty fast. Look at this. When he makes a statement here in verse 31, in that day there shall be two upon the housetop, uh, stuff in the house. Let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, don't go back to get it. Remember Lot's wife. She turned into a pillar of salt. I heard about a lady that was driving a car. She looked back and turned into a telephone pole. Huh. Verse 33, talking about something that's very important, but we'll get into that later. But look at verse 34. I tell you in that night, there shall be two in a bed. Two men in a bed? <laughs> <laughs> that ought to tell you something. But anyway, <laughs> as it was in the days of Lot, I, well, well, I don't know. And it says, um, uh, there shall be two, at, uh, at, you know, women in verse 35, grinding together. One shall be taken, one left. In verse 34, one taken, one left. In verse 36, two shall be in the field, one taken, one left. But see, everybody said, well, this is talking about the rapture, see? But it's not talking about the rapture. The scripture in context is talking about over here. When Christ comes back in power and great glory. So that means that 
When he comes back, one taken, one left. One taken, one left. Well, see, that changes things. But when you try to, and you don't stay with dispensational teaching, you try to take scripture that doesn't belong someplace and put it in the wrong spot. But if you go according to what the scripture says and how it's got to be laid out and where certain verses got to, it's got to be pinpointed, well, then that changes things. And it makes it a lot easier to understand. So Christ is talking about one taking one left, one taking one left. So they think that's Christ is going to come and he's going to take us out of here. Well, that's going to happen seven years earlier, but we're not talking about here. So the church is not talked about in the book of Matthew or the book of Luke. So the question to ask is, well, then where will they take them? Isn't that a good question? Look in verse 37. Verse 37 says, And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. See how simple that is? They weren't taken in the rapture. They were taken where the eagles are. Wheresoever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. So evidently there's some hungry eagles and they're going to be eating some bodies. Wouldn't you get that out of that? Now, you don't have to hold your place here, but go back here now to the book of Matthew 24, Matthew chapter 24, and this is important to see. See, Scripture has to perfectly dovetail. You have to find certain things that kind of go together. If it doesn't fit, usually there's, it's like putting together a puzzle. Have you ever tried to force a piece in there? You know, it's, it looks like it ought to go here, but it doesn't go there. So you get a hammer, (laughs) make it fit And you can try to pound it in there, but if it really goes there, it'll fit without pressure. Now, look what he says in Matthew 24. When he talks about Christ, when he comes back again, he makes a statement, verse 27. For as the lightning shineth out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It means that somebody ought to be able to see this. And verse 28, for wheresoever the carcass is, to me, a body and a carcass probably be the same thing. There will the eagles be gathered together. Doesn't that sound like there's a possibility that maybe this is a, a connection here? But look at the very next word. Immediately when? After the tribulation. Christ is coming back. So then that means that when Christ does come back, and where in the world does it say this? Uh, Christ comes back from heaven and his armies are coming back and he's on a white horse and I'm right behind him. And then five miles back, there's Dan. I'm bringing up the rear. (laughs) All right, now, where is that in the Bible? Where does that say that in the Bible? Christ is coming back in power and great glory. And he has a two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth. And he has a vesture on his thigh and so forth. And he's king of kings and lord of lords. Where is it found? Huh? Is it in the Bible or am I making this up? Oh, you do believe it's in the Bible? Genesis. Exodus. Leviticus. We're going to get it right because if we go through all 66 books, you're going to get one of them right. What book is it in? Yes. Revelation 19. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. And you go down there, you turn in your Bible, because you've got to see this now. Turn in your Bible, and you will see 
what it is saying. Now look in Revelation. The word revelation means, it's where we get the word apocalypse. It simply means it's a revealing, unveiling. It's not the concealing. It's not hiding. It's revealing. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of St. John the Divine. The very first verse of the first chapter says the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this is the revelation. He is revealed. Finally, after all these years, he's coming. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.